Welcome to Ramplify, a student-centered, career-focused podcast hosted by the Center for Career Equity, Development, and Success at Suffolk University. This podcast is used to highlight the resources offered in the university's career center while amplifying the voices of everyone who contributes to our vibrant community. Annie Yonkers graduated from Suffolk with a BSBA in marketing in 2010. During her time as a student, she had the chance to study abroad in London and discovered a passion for living, studying, and eventually working abroad. I recently had the opportunity to catch up with Annie to learn more about her incredible journey from Suffolk to Kingston University, where she currently works as a faculty employability partner. And here's our conversation. All right. Well, hello. Uh, excited to be speaking with an esteemed alum, Annie Yonkers. Uh, my name is Montgomery Thomas. I am from uh, the Career Center here at Suffolk, the Center for Career Equity Development and Success. And my role is I am the Associate Director for Alumni and Graduate Career Strategy. So I work with our mid-career alums, such as Annie, who, who I define as a mid-career alum, as well as our graduate students, uh, serve as liaison with the Sawyer Business School and the College of Arts and Sciences. So really excited uh, to be here and chat with Annie. So Annie, why don't you just go ahead and kick it off and introduce yourself? Sure. Thanks for having me, Monty. So yes, um, my name is Annie Yonkers. I guess I'll start with what I'm doing now, and then we can kind of go backwards in time. So my role is, I also work in a careers and employability team at a university in Southwest London um, called Kingston University. And yeah, as Monty said, I am an alumna of Suffolk and really excited to kind of share a bit of my story about kind of my experience as an undergraduate at Suffolk and how that's really had a, quite a meaningful impact on my own career trajectory and not an insignificant reason why I'm doing what I'm doing today was from my experience as a student at Suffolk. Awesome. Well, that's a perfect topic. So why don't you talk a little about, about your experience as a, as a student at Suffolk and you know what made you excel, even thinking in particular about your own uh, identity? Yeah, really good question. I think it's probably important to kind of say that I came to Suffolk as a transfer student. So I had already finished my first year of undergraduate university. So I started my undergraduate studies at UNH and because I thought that I wanted to do something with my life. And that's something that I thought that I wanted to do. I quickly realized was not what I wanted to do. So over the course of my first year at college, I kind of had a crisis where I was like, oh, is this actually what I want to do? I don't know. And then I kind of spent a lot of time reflecting on kind of I guess now I know what I was doing, but back then I just kind of was asking myself questions of like, what do I want to do? Am I on the right path to be able to do what I want to do? Are there better options for me? I did a lot of research around kind of what I think I wanted to do. And at the time, my vision for myself was I want to get into advertising. I was obsessed with Mad Men as a TV show. And I was like, that's what I want to do. And I kind of was, <laughs> and I kind of thought, do I want to go to business school and study marketing? Do I want to go to art school and study design? I don't really know where I fit. I don't, I feel like I'm too creative to be a business school student. I feel like I'm too, you know, grounded to be an art school student. So I really had a conflict of identity in that kind of context, but the pragmatic side of me kind of won out. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe I should do business and then maybe someday I'll be able to afford to go back to art school. 
And I knew where I was at school before. It was very rural and it didn't have the networking opportunities that I knew that I wanted to have if I was going to go to business school. And so I was looking at schools in Boston and I really liked the look of Suffolk. I really liked kind of where Suffolk positioned itself as kind of not in a bubble very intentionally and with like one foot out the door constantly. And that that identity as an institution really resonated with what I wanted to get out of my education. And so I applied to transfer to Suffolk and I, I don't say this flippantly, it was the best choice I ever made. I'm really, really glad that I did. I was part of the Griffin Honor Society, which I really liked. I think that provided a lot of opportunities for me. I've developed really, really strong relationships with my professors and my advisor. Shout out to Jeremiah Mee, who is an excellent educator and resource for the institution. On being able to have those kinds of reflections on what I wanted to get out of my education really made the choice of Suffolk much clearer and much more effective because it allowed me to really meaningfully get what I wanted to get out of it. That's great. Such a powerful story to hear you talk about, you know, how you transferred into Suffolk and really just kind of capitalized on just the not only location and everything about Suffolk, but just the resources and uh, just everything that you, everything that you were able to kind of just, like I say, just capitalize on. I think that's really powerful to hear. Certainly coming from an alum voice um, is really important. So with that, I will, I'll also ask once it was time to graduate, commencement came about, what were kind of the next steps or what were kind of the goals you were thinking, all right, I'm entering into the big world. Uh, what's next for me? Good question. Before we get to commencement, I'll talk about a couple of the other things that I guess that I did while I was a student. I really loved the opportunities for independent study that I did at Suffolk were really incredible. I loved being able to work on live projects. I loved being able to kind of get stuck in to different types of briefs. So there were two specific. People probably get tired of me talking about them, but they really had a meaningful impact on me at the time. And they were incredible opportunities that I don't think a lot of undergraduate students get, and you don't realize how impactful they are while you're doing them. But I did a research study with the Appalachian Mountain Club um, as part of an independent study kind of internship project. And I did another one with uh, two students from MassArt. It was a collaborative independent study about kind of rebranding the Boston taxi system, which we actually submitted for a Hatch Award won a bronze hatch award for we presented it to then mayor menino and it was really a big deal and it was amazing and i wouldn't have had those opportunities had it not been for kind of the relationships that i built with my, the teaching staff that i had at suffolk so i think being able to be proactive and building those relationships with your colleagues and teachers around you is you don't know what kinds of opportunities you're going to get from being able to build those types of relationships. And so after that, I thought to myself, oh, this is amazing. I've taken advantage of all of these things while I was at university. I like have done internships. I've done the things I've put in the work. My last semester at Suffolk, I did an independent study, an internship. I had a part-time job and a full course load. And I do not recommend that to anyone because it was too much, but I just wanted to kind of just, I wanted to do everything. And I graduated in January of 2011 because I was supposed to graduate in the summer before, but because I transferred and because I studied abroad, it set my credit structure off. So I was a very, I was a non-traditional student in a few different ways, but I graduated like not in a typical graduation period and it was also kind of like really coming out of 
still living in kind of the dips and the doldrums of the 2008-2009 recession, there were still not a huge number of opportunities. And I went in there with rose-tinted glasses thinking, oh my God, Boston is amazing. I got all these connections. I have this bronze hatch award in my pocket. Look at my resume. I am ready to go. And I'd send my CV out or my resume out and I'd get crickets, tumbleweeds, nothing. I didn't even get interviews places. And it was soul destroying. And I think that experience really, again, made me reflect on kind of like, what is it? What do I really want? Because, you know, I worked really, really hard for the degree that I got. And to just feel like it wasn't valued in the market was really demoralizing. (laughs) So I really had to think very quickly about kind of, well, how am I going to adapt? How am I going to kind of pivot my ambitions? Because the dream that I thought that I had is not panning out in the way that I thought it would. I kind of, in the moment, while I was still sending out my resume, I was very I was very aware that I didn't want there to be like a gap in my resume. So at the time I had a part-time retail job in Harvard Square and I knew the owner of the shop. It was um, an independently run shop. And I talked with the owner and I was like, look, I just graduated with a marketing degree, really struggling to find full-time employment. Can I do some extra work and like make you a website? Can we think about doing some sort of like e-commerce project? please, can I just like do something with you that's related to my degree so I can have something on my resume? Uh, and she was like, yeah, that's fine. Let's work out. Like, I'm, I'm not going to be able to employ you full time, but we can do a project definitely on this. And I was so thankful for that opportunity because it allowed me to kind of still do what I went to school for, but not necessarily in the way that I thought I was going to. And then, you know, the months passed. (laughs) I still wasn't getting a job in Boston and my rent was still due. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I ended up moving home. And I feel like this is a story that a lot of students can resonate with, especially over the past few years. (laughs) And it's not glamorous. And I think a lot of students a lot of students, myself included, it, it feels like you're taking a step backwards when you have to make that choice. And so I went home and I got a job as a bank teller. And I was like, this is definitely not what I wanted to do. <laughs> but I did that because it allowed me to kind of maintain, again, not have a gap in my resume and just kind of keep doing what I needed to do on the side and like apply for jobs. And then finally, a role came up at a credit union that was a marketing assistant at a credit union. And I applied to that. And the reason I got that job was not because I had the marketing degree. Well, that was part of it, but it was because I also had bank teller experience. All of those things in like retrospect is always, or hindsight's always 2020. And I was like, wow, you know, that's not what I wanted to do at the time, but I wouldn't be in this position had it not been for that. That's where I felt like I got my first quote unquote real job. And I couldn't, I couldn't have ever anticipated that's where I would have ended up, but I loved it because I learned so much in that job. I did, I did so much. I learned so much about how to work in an organization, about what, how marketing teams actually work. I learned a lot more about graphic design, which is something I was really interested in and actually took courses while I was at Suffolk at NISAD in my last term, which was great. So yeah, yeah, I think that that transition out of Suffolk and into my adult professional life was not a smooth one, but one looking back on it, I'm very thankful for because I learned so much about myself in that process and about what I actually did want from my life and from my professional life. Sorry, that was a really long answer to your question. No, no, that's, that's no, that, that was excellent because I think you just provided like a sense of realness and openness and honesty to the challenges that 
you know, many of us face, sometimes it's, it's hard to really talk about that. I know I experienced that myself too. And yeah, it was very defeating and it was probably like a good six months. And I'm like, what, what's going on here? Like, how did this happen? Like, I, I miss my freedom. I'm at home now. Like I, I need to find a job, you know, it was, it was so crazy. And, you know, I, I did a, a few things. Like I actually went to bartending school and I was like, oh, I could just do this on the side. And then finally I like landed something, but you know, I was also exploring just like you were. So I think that's really important that you were able to share that. And I think for our students to see, yeah, sometimes, you know, exploration can continue even after you graduate and kind of just figuring out what you want to do and all of that. So I think that was really important to really kind of touch upon. So, yeah. I don't want to make this, I don't want to make this sound like a huge brag, but like I graduated summa cum laude. Like I was in the honor society. I, I worked so hard to get the credits that I did, the grades that I did. I did not intentionally coast my way through university. I worked really hard. I built those networks and I thought to myself, wow, if I'm struggling to find a job, like this must be so, so hard for everyone. And I, I, I think that is a, like a really meaningful, like that is, that had such an effect on me. And I don't think I really fully appreciated it until I started working in a careers team in another university that I really like that experience of transitioning out of university cannot be understated how challenging it is. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now with that, how did you land internationally? That is like the buzzing question because I'm oh so interested even, you know, having met you, I guess over the summer. Yeah, I guess I was like, wait, we have an alum that's working like <laughs> abroad, like doing what we're doing, but like internationally, like what, what the heck? We got to, how, how, how did that happen? So this story also begins at Suffolk University. I uh, took a semester abroad. So I did a semester in London while I was doing my marketing degree and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Another, another opportunity that I would not have had if it, not, if it weren't for Suffolk. So it was an opportunity that I saw and I took. So I studied in, at a university in London through the exchange program at Suffolk for six months. Did some of my coursework here. It was really interesting kind of taking a, uh, a finance course in the UK for my business degree, because that gave me a perspective of kind of like, oh, okay, this is different currency. Things are different here. And the language, like it's the same language, but it's also different. But living here through that exchange program, I kind of really loved the experience of kind of just existing in another place. And I really liked being in London. It's an amazing city. And when I came back after my semester was up, I kind of, it's one of these things that I didn't really talk about to anyone, but in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm going to go back. I'm going back there someday. I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know under what circumstances or context, but I'm going to get back there someday. I worked at the credit union for nearly three years and then I had a baby and realized that again, one of these very kind of like intentionally reflective moments about what I wanted from my life. And I realized that if I was gonna be away from my baby, I didn't want it to be making posters for auto loan rates. And so I quit my job and started freelancing as a small business kind of designer marketing strategist. And I kind of built my network of clients in and around New Hampshire where I was living at the time and was basically writing marketing plans, writing copyright or doing copywriting and building websites and marketing strategies for small businesses that I knew around town. And I really loved it because I think there's, I wanted to provide a service 
to organizations and people that wouldn't necessarily have access to that kind of support or service. A lot of times, you know, larger companies go to ad agencies for these kinds of things, but I wanted to provide a service to uh, clients that I think would see a lot of meaningful value to. So I did that for a little while while my son was a baby. The years went by and I loved what I was doing. I loved being able to work from home until I realized that I actually really like working around and with people and that it felt kind of like everything was fine with my freelancing work, but I wanted more. I had bigger ambitions. I kind of wanted to grow what I was doing. For anybody who kind of works in creative practice, I think what I found working in that space, I realized that one of my strengths was taking on the voice of my clients. But what I didn't really fully consider was that I had had lost my own sense of creative voice. So I didn't really know what I was trying to say as a creative professional anymore. And that's kind of what I was like, well, okay, maybe, maybe something needs to change. Maybe I want to kind of come back to this for myself and really, and go to art school. Like I wanted to do when I first was like, when I, when I transferred out of university, my ambition was always, well, maybe I'll, maybe someday I'll go back to art school. And that's kind of where I was like, well, maybe now is the time I go back to art school. Maybe now is the time where I can kind of bring myself to the next kind of level of my creative career. So I was pricing out kind of postgraduate art degrees in and around Boston, and they were very expensive. It's two years for a postgraduate degree in the States, and they are not cheap. And I thought to myself, well, you know, I studied in the UK (laughs) before. Let's take a look and see what's over there. And it was about... Even with the exchange rate, the tuition was about a third of the cost and it was only a one-year program. And I thought, well, hey, if I'm going to be spending this much money, uh, I might as well do it in a country that I don't live in all the time. You know, I spoke with my family, my husband and my son, and we had these conversations and my son was about to start school. And we were like, well, you know, if if not now, when kind of conversations. We sold our house. We packed everything up and sold the rest of it. And we got on a plane and we moved to London so I could do a postgraduate degree in graphic design. And it was a gamble because we had no idea. We had two years on my visa. The first year was taught and then also included a one year kind of like professional placement. So that was kind of, we knew that we had two years and my husband could work while I was on my study visa, but I couldn't work. So things were tight and it was a, it was intense. Oh, and by the way, a pandemic happened. (laughs) Oh yeah. About that, huh? (laughs) Um, But it was, it, it was an incredible experience because we thought if we end up having to come back to the States on the end of it, what an incredible experience that is. What an incredible story that is that we will all be part of our lives. Like we can say that our son went to school here. Like we'll be able to come back with that experience that will enrich us regardless of if we stay in the UK or come back to the States. So it was a gamble, but it was one that three of us went into willingly. Well, my son less so because he was four at the time, but the two of us went into it willingly. So I did my graphic design degree in London and I ended up writing my dissertation about kind of the value of how we learn creative subjects on the development of soft skills and why we need more creative education for the development of soft skills because soft skills are desperately needed in every sector, in every discipline. Certainly, yes, absolutely. So that's kind of where my interest and passion shifted from doing design to the value of learning design. And I ended up doing my professional placement year with a nonprofit organization 
that was contracted by the university. So I spent my professional placement year kind of working with local nonprofit organizations to set live briefs in the curriculum across different courses in the university. One of the briefs that I worked with was with a local homeless charity about kind of how do we work, how can design, how can graphic design students kind of engage with local charities to share, share the narrative about kind of that homelessness is closer than ever before. And it's something that exists very close to all of us. And that is how do we kind of communicate that with empathy and how can graphic designers own that narrative in a way that is empathetic. So that was one brief that I set. There were others about kind of like, how can we communicate different services from different local nonprofits to media and design students to kind of, yeah, make websites. But I did that for a year and it was really interesting <laughs> because I really learned a lot about kind of developing community and nonprofits in the kind of part of London that I live in. And that's really, I kind of really liked that because that's, really got me interested in kind of the value of work-related learning. Again, it's one of these things that I think I took for granted while I was at Suffolk because it is just part of how you learn at Suffolk. It's not something that's a tick box or superficial, but that work integrated work-related learning is just part of, it's foundational to the pedagogy of how Suffolk students learn. And I loved that. It was really present as an undergraduate. And I was surprised that it seemed novel in a university environment outside of my experience. And so this kind of work-related learning, authentic assessments, kind of how you develop these skills through your learning is something that we aren't doing as well now here as it's being done in the States. And so I was really interested in kind of continuing that practice. And so when that, when my contract was up at my year in placement, this role in the careers and employability team came up and it was very serendipitous that they were looking for someone to support transferable skill development in the curriculum in the faculty of the arts. And I was like, oh, hey, <laughs> I think no I might way. be able to do that. <laughs> so I've been doing that <laughs> coming up in my third year in that role and I absolutely love it. It's really, it is, I love working with students. I love working on developing the curriculum. I love taking my own experience and adapting it and communicating it in different ways. And I absolutely wouldn't be able to do the job that I'm doing now had it not been for my experience at Suffolk. So again, really, really long-winded answer to your question, but how I ended up in the UK is because I went to Suffolk. That's great that you were able to you know, also build that connection. Do you see yourself remaining there internationally and like your son growing up? Yeah, I mean, I, I love living here. Just personally, I love the the trajectory that my own career is on. Um, my husband works in the creative industries and the opportunities that he's had since we've moved here are amazing. I love the school that my son is in. I mean, who knows? I very much go where the wind takes me. So, but here is good for now. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I, I, that's exciting to hear. And I do have to share when uh, you were talking about how you how you and your family sold your house and moved to the UK. It made me laugh inside because I was thinking of, I don't know if you watched this on HGTV, House Hunters, they have like international episodes and it's always like people move from Boston or Seattle and they move all the way to Singapore or to like 
another country and it's like always hearing their story like, yeah, my my partner, my spouse, they just got a job or we just always wanted to live in Singapore or whatever location. And they wanted to like, you know, just cre create like a new culture for their children and their family. So it made me think like maybe you were on an episode of that, but I think that's really cool that you shared that. <laughs> And I, I also have to say that like, it's not, it's not easy. It is not easy to move to a different country. It's, it's, it's not a choice that we made kind of overnight. It was a series of very long conversations over a long period of time. I recognize the privilege that I have in being able to have made that choice in in having a home to sell we didn't make very much money on it i can tell you that very clearly the cost of us moving to the uk i mean we literally took we didn't ship anything we literally took we got one extra packed bag each so we brought three kind of rubbermaid stack in stores and three suitcases and our carry-ons and that's all we took when we moved here and we got rid of everything else we've got a storage unit that i am in desperate need of clearing out because it's been four years and it's getting very expensive now being able to pay for my postgraduate degree here and move us here and it took my husband six months to find his first job here it brought us back down to effectively we basically blew our savings on moving here which was which is kind of what i meant when we took a gamble on it and i don't mind being forthright about that i don't want it to seem like this was an easy decision because i think for some people it can be very easy to look at the choices that i made and say oh yeah well of course like it's easy for some to do that and so it, it really it wasn't easy for us it was really difficult and we had to make a lot of very very challenging decisions about what is the value of this not just monetarily but on our lives just in general but I'm very, I'm very thankful that I did. That it doesn't make that choice any easier. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like I said, I appreciate the open and honesty around this. And I mean, this is kind of the the framework of our topic today. So that's really, really great to hear. And I, and I already know our listeners will be inspired by by your words and your message today. So, so with that, you know, what what advice would you share with with students? You know, thinking of your previous experience, thinking of now, and also into the future. What would you share, Annie? I made a list, Monty, because you sent me this, these questions by email first. And I've got three things. I had you prepared. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the first one is be proactive. Don't be reactive. Be pro proactive. Look for opportunities. Put in the effort. You will reap what you sow. And so always be on the lookout for opportunities. Always ask questions. And that kind of leads into my next number two is build relationships everywhere you go always build relationships with your course mates with your classmates with people that you're in societies with with your advisor with your teachers always build relationships because those connections you never know what they might lead to the two independent projects that i spoke about earlier the one with amc and the one with the boston police both came from jeremiah me and he was an incredible advisor. I think it's because I took the initiative to build that relationship with him. Boston is an incredible city. You have so many people and so many opportunities around you all the time, but they're not gonna fall in your lap. You have to go out and find them. You have to be the person that goes and makes those connections. Yeah, so that, that would be my number two. And then my number three is don't be afraid to pivot. I have pivoted so many times in my life, I am perpetually dizzy, but I'm very thankful for it. So I look back on the kind of, the things that I've been able to do, the skills that I have built, all of it kind of culminated in me being able to do the job that I am doing now. And I have no idea where I'm gonna go next, but I'm very, every opportunity that I've had 
hasn't always panned out that I, the way that I thought it would, but it never panned out badly in the end. And so I think, yeah, that my last one is don't be afraid to pivot. Yeah, that's wonderful advice. I mean, I, I share that even with, you know, current graduate students with mid-career alums, my population about pivoting. And, you know, that's been kind of a theme, you know, even since we've been in this this pandemic about, you know, really pivoting and changing the, I think instead of saying like the great, the great resignation more around the great pivot, right? So really thinking, okay, let me shift this way and adjust this way and learn this way and grow this way and develop this way. So um, I think that's a really great uh, message to share. So yeah, with that, wow. Thank you, Annie. That was uh, some powerful dialogue. And I, I certainly appreciate that. And I was gonna, and I, I wanted to say too, like weirdly, I met you in person first and now, you know, I'm seeing you virtual, you know, chatting with you and uh, chatting with you virtually. So it's kind of like funny now that it's been yeah. like <laughs> back to the old way where I was like, yeah, I meet you in person then versus like, oh, I'm only meeting you up to here. And then now I'm, you know, I'm meeting you in, in person like yeah. a year later or two years later. So I think that's, that's kind of funny, but yeah, but no, so that's, that's been, that's been great. Thank you, Annie. Like I said, this has been an impactful and an amazing conversation. So I really, really appreciate you just taking the time to, to chat with me and, you know, just being able to tell and share um, your story um, that will be inspiring and impact anybody at, at any level. So um, I really do appreciate that so much. No, thank you for having me on too. It's been, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at suffolk.edu slash career center and follow us on social media at suffolk underscore careers.